Hello, sports fans, and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. We are glad that you've joined us. My name is still, as far as I know, Skylar Spradlin, and yours is still, as far as I know, uh, Larry Jones. Did you about forget? I, I wanted to pause for effect. Uh, uh, pause for effect. Pause for effect. You know, I grew up with my dad saying that, sports fans. Sports fans. That's how you addressed our, uh, our family. All right, yeah. sports fans. That's why some of the uh, sporting contests on TV used to announce now it's time to buckle up or getting ready to see something magnificent in the sporting arena. Well, well, it just takes me back to my childhood, and uh, yeah, I want to start using it more. That's all I'm saying. That's okay. Um, we've been behind schedule. Yes, we have a lot of things going on, uh, some planned and some unplanned. Yep, half and half. Half and half. Uh, do you want to just give a shameless plug about where you were last week? Uh, I was actually at Sing. It's a uh, conference held by the Gettys in Nashville, and it was very exciting, kind of fun. You would recommend it? I would recommend it. There were probably, I don't know how many, 3,000 maybe. Who were there? Like 3,000 uh, bands or attendees? 3,000 what? Bands. Oh, bands. Or attendees. No, no, no. Not that many bands. Uh, no, about 3,000 attendees. And it was just a two days of worship and good preaching. And uh, the subject was evangelism or the Great Commission. Like singing about it or? Well, it was preached. And there were worship songs. Because it's, it's primarily geared to, toward worship leaders, right? Anybody can go. I'm not sure. Although there are, uh, we have a lot of the uh, bands, if you want to call them that, who were there are the ones that we actually used in our service, which was encouraging to me. It tells you something. It just says that they believe that these are godly bible adherent songwriters yeah and so that's what we strive for in our worship service yeah well i'm glad you got to go i know it's a conference you don't miss it's a little mini vacation a little break for robin and i to get out and just bask in the glory of the lord and sing praises and hear good preaching yeah i have a conference or two that i kind of I feel that way about. Yeah, they just they help they revitalize your internal soul. Yeah, absolutely. So you're looking at at a revitalized individual when you look at me. Well, I can tell it in your voice, kind of, kind of. Tell us, Chancho, what we're covering today. Okay, Chancho, uh, the subject today is chapter forty-three. Oh, you're getting too ground down <laughs> okay. in this book here. But it is a union with Christ, and what does it mean to be in Christ or united with Christ? I think this is one of the most um, glorious and understudied topics in the local church. That is a true statement, and what a great realization that we are now as believers in Christ and he's in us. Yes. And as John 17, Jesus even prays that, that 
he and the Father would be one, and they would be one with him, so that we would be one with the Father through Christ perfectly. Exactly. That's my paraphrase there. but That's a good paraphrase. You know, as we teach on salvation, you just don't hear people talk about our union with Christ, but but really our salvation comes from being united with Christ. Yes, it does. We live eternally because Christ lives eternally. Yes, we, we do. have righteousness applied to us because we are now united to the one who's righteous. That's true. We have relationship with God because we're Preach united on, to the one who has relationship with God That's and right. so on and so forth. We're going to resurrect because we're united now to the one who's got power over resurrection. That's true. I'm just saying everything about our salvation, our faith comes because we are attached now to Jesus and swallowed up in the Lord. Sometimes we don't realize it. We don't stop and reflect that we are with Christ. He's in our lives. Yeah. Uh, when First uh, Corinthians says we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something to that. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ is in us, and we are in Him. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a really well. I think so. Hundreds often, and hundreds of scriptures right. kind of point to that. I think so often we just think of salvation as this external thing that is applied to us almost in an isolated kind of way, like it's its own thing. It gets put onto us, and therefore it becomes. A part of us and that's kind of true but yep. really it's we've been taken into the lord and then all the things of salvation are applied to us very good all the benefits blessings and all that kind of stuff one of my favorite references to this comes from ephesians 1 and it comes Verse 4 and 11 and 12 well he just says it all over the place so I, I think it's one of Paul's favorite designations, but in this chapter, he just goes hog wild with it. Well, hog, go hog wild hog with this. Hog wild. You got your Bible open, so go hog wild. Okay, chapter 1, verses 3 through 13. Okay. I'll just finish 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Yes, in Christ. That, that's all the that's the phrase we're looking at there. That's correct. And how many times it's referenced here? Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, uh, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, I'm making the same face to you. Yes, you are. All things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ 
might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I mean, it's just over and over and over. I was counting how many times you said that, but I lost count. Well, give me a second. One. Two. I'm thinking there's like nine. I'm going to count that one. Three. <laughs> You're counting pastorally. Four. Five. That's like when there's 50 people there and you scan the crowd. You go 70. Yeah, that's <laughs> 70. Six, seven, eight, nine, yes, ten, eleven, eleven, verses three through fourteen, eleven references, I think sound references to this idea of union with the Lord. Yeah, so what does Lord. that mean exactly? We're in Christ. What do you mean? What does that mean? Well, I mean, you said it a lot. Yeah. In him, this is this, in him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we're found in him. Just, I was just thinking as I was mulling over the uh, subject for today, how joyous it should be in our hearts that that we have such a close union with Christ. Yeah. That Jesus is is the pinnacle of our lives. He lives within us. He he uh gives us the promises of salvation, the ultimate promise of eternal life with him. Yeah. But also he said he'll be with us always, even to the ends of the age. Yeah, that's the end that's Matthew uh twenty twenty eight. I wanna flip over here to John seventeen. Just right before his arrest, he's praying. Let's see if I can't find that reference rather quickly. Yep, there's a whole lot of uh, other things mentioned here that during Christ's life on earth, uh, whatever Christ did as our representative, God counted it as something that we did too. Uh, Jesus perfectly obeyed God for his whole life. God thought of us as having obeyed also. By one man's obedience, many will be made righteous, Romans 5, 19. So Christ is a source of righteousness, 1 Corinthians 1, 30. All right, John 17, 20 and 21. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's, there's a, I think there, that's the kind of a, that's the description of the kind of union we have. It's the same kind of union as the Father and the Son have. The same yes, kind of yes. Trinity union. Right. Uh, and what that exactly means, I don't really know. But you know, it also helps us to live the way God wants us to live. Hope with holiness. Because with Christ in us and as the Spirit giving us power, we can overcome the temptations of the world that we used to live in. So we can now walk with Him uh, in more righteousness and more obedience. 
Yeah, well, I think I think we enjoy the benefits of our union with Christ more when we are resisting sin and walking in righteousness. That is true. Not and that that union's built on yeah. those things, um, but it enhances or it hinders it. I mean, we're united to Christ by the grace of God. Yes. And that is certain, secure, and unchangeable. But... but but our enjoyment of the benefits of that union are clouded or shine brightly based on whether we're walking in sin or walking in righteousness. Right. And once we've experienced that walking in righteousness and walking with God and enjoying his fullness or his presence within us, then we go on a sin rampage in our in our minds or in our hearts we feel that utter separation that makes us want to get back where we were. Yeah. I I think I it was John Piper I heard one time say that um, he, one of the ways he resists sin and fights against sin, and this has been helpful in my life, is to see it as something that robs him of the greatest joy. Right, and right. his greatest joy comes in walking with the Lord. And if you do that, you know that that can be true. And sin is tempting us to, to pleasure, whether it's gossiping or whatever, make us feel good about the situation ourselves. But it actually robs us of our greatest joy, our consistent, right. constant right. joy. And so he, it's like resisting that which, actually gets in the way of my ultimate satisfaction. Right. And Romans 6, 4 says, We are buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And to walking in newness of life is what we're talking about. Walking yeah. with the Lord, uh, walking in obedience. That's the fruit of our union with Christ. That he enables us through the dwelling of his spirit to become more like him. But union, that union comes in the moment of salvation. We're filled with the Spirit, and in some, I think, mysterious way, uh, our hearts and minds become united with God in Christ and through the Spirit. Right. And I, you know, I was talking with my barber the other day, (laughs) uh, and God has been gracious to let me... And your hair looks real nice, by the way. Thanks, man. Yours too. Thanks. Um... God has been gracious. For me, that's called self-talk. What do you mean? When I talk with my barber. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't have one. I am my barber. I know. Do you want to explain why? No. People who know me know why. Pretty bright and shiny over there. I do reflect. There's a light illuminating from me, yes. Your halo. What was I saying? Oh, God has been gracious and good and kind to let me have good spiritual conversations with my barber yeah. in his barber shop with all these other people around. Right. And one of them, the last one, we were talking about whatever you and I were just talking about. I forgot. Uh, uh, baptized into death. Uh, so no, uh, no, no. Walking no. in newness of life. 
No. Kind of drop a little hint or here and there. That's maybe. the fruit of seven. Oh, oh, okay. We were talking about um, this union. We weren't talking specifically about the union with Christ, but we were talking about how even in the midst of, of like anxiety and worry mm-hmm. yeah. for the Christian, we always have this comforting sense in the back of our mind that, hey, you don't need to worry. Calm down. And and I think for any other Christian, it's true been true for me. Remember the promises. Have faith. You know who God is. Here right, are scriptures. Right. That's the spirit of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, tied to our spirit. And when we when we're worrying and things like that, we have this comforting assurance reminding us uh, of of the peace that we can have and who we are and who God is and. All the promises God has given us right. in his word. And so this union is mysterious, but also intensely practical. It helps us to walk faithfully with God. Right. Yeah. Navigate through life. And when troubles do come at you, and they will, mm-hmm. uh, you know that God's going to see you through it. Yes. He will see, he will see you through that. And, and, you'll, and he may not keep you from getting into trouble. But it would definitely help you through your troubles. Yeah. Well, I think the Spirit has reminded me at times even um, of the instances where God has proven his faithfulness and kind of convicts me that if God has been faithful this many times to you, why do you think you won't be faithful now? Sure, sure. And so over the years, just seeing God answer prayer, whether it's personal prayer in my own life or in my family or in our church— and he does answer it almost exactly how you've been pleading with him. It just strengthens your faith to say, "Well, he's gonna he's gonna take care of this one too." Sure, sure. He who abides in me and I in him is he that bears much fruit. Is that John fifteen? That is John fifteen five. That was a that was a Bible quiz. Way to go! You got a you're on your way to a perfect score. Wow. <laughs> Then uh, another reference I have is Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified. Yes, with with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. So those are those are kind of cool things that that we have because we belong to Christ. Because he lives within us. Do you think this is where and this might be controversial to some. But do you think this is where the language kind of originated of invite Jesus into your heart? Um, this doctrine of union with Christ? I really don't know where that came from. But it, but the heart seems to be the place where God resides. Yeah. And I, I think that's biblical. Well, yeah, but you don't, we just don't really find that phrase... In your heart, there, there's a phrase. Invite Jesus in your heart. Yeah. But we do have we do have other verses that imply that. Yes. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's only one reference maybe that comes anywhere close to that phrase. Invite Jesus into your heart. So I just wonder if that maybe originated as a statement that was produced from this doctrine union with christ 
I'm, I'm looking at several Old Testament in your heart stuff. Well, if you Googled or just searched that phrase in your Bible yeah. app, it's going to be a ton. Why do you have evil in your hearts? Yeah, it's not always in a reference to yeah. salvation. Why do you question in your hearts? Well, I think it's a New Testament text. I'm, yeah, I'm in the New Testament now. How many are there? Hundred? Uh, yeah. Make room in your hearts for us. That's Second Corinthians seven two. Yeah, but that's that's about yeah. the apostles. Yep. So that so that Christ may dwell in your heart, Ephesians three seventeen. Yeah, I think that's it. That's probably the one that all all of this comes from. Uh, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Are there any other references? I mean, you still have half the New (laughs) Testament to go through. Uh, Yeah, yep, I'm sure there are. No, I mean that say... Something as explicit as that. Dwell in your hearts. Christ dwell in your hearts. In your hearts honor Christ as Lord, as holy. Mm. First Peter. Now, I don't see any exactly like that. Doesn't mean there's not any there. I, I just remember that from a while back that I think there's only that one reference that's that clear though there's a lot of implications because of this this doctrine i did you grow up hearing that a lot i grew up hearing that a lot of course invite jesus into your heart or accept christ into your heart well then you have first first john not first john one he who receives uh christ will can have eternal life (laughs) <laughs> I gotta look it up now. Okay, you receive something. Well, it's interesting that a whole system of communicating the gospel or even belief about salvation kind of comes from that one verse. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, again, this is the doctrine union with Christ. But right. my, my issue with that phrase is twofold. I think it waters down union with Christ. Right, right. And then I think over time, while probably starting off with great intentions over time, in the context you and I live in, it came to communicate this one-time moment i asked jesus into my heart and then i can i can be the a heathen the rest of my life right because we know a lot of heathens out there and and many of them will say that that when i was 14 13 i walked an aisle and asked jesus to come asked into my jesus heart. To come into my heart but then you start looking at the soils uh you know some yeah. received it with enthusiastically but then the worries of the world or the lackness of soil uh, choked it all out yeah it's just that that phrase asking jesus into your heart does not encapsulate 
the glories of union with Christ like we're talking correct, about. Correct, correct. And I think each person ought to investigate that in their own life. You know, d- yeah. did, am I depending on something I prayed a long time ago that I no longer live? Am I even enjoying the benefits of union with Christ? Am I walking with Christ every day and, and feeling the joy that's we, like a well that springs forth and you're bubbling yes. over like John 4 talks about with a woman at the well? Well, Hebrews 4, I believe it is. We draw near to the throne of grace through Christ. Yeah. Um, so being united to Jesus, we have access to the Father. We have the mind of Christ. We have victory over death. Right. We have right. the enablement to walk with God in, in righteousness. We have the presence, permanent presence of the Holy Spirit. We have union with God. There's an element of close relationship of walking with him mm-hmm. that's implied in that. And I, that's why I would think if someone who may have prayed as a young person but never walked with him after that needs to double check their uh, salvation. Yeah, because that's what's that's what this whole thing is about: walking with Christ. What a privilege! Yeah, knowing God. Yeah. What a knowledge and privilege we have walking with Him every day. I um, began a few years ago praying this way. Um, Praying for my union with Christ. Okay. Uh, not that it was in jeopardy or anything, but that I would enjoy it and know it and realize it. Right. Just meditating on it made me want to pray more for it. And I found that, at least for me, to be strengthening and encouraging. Um, just to pray, God, draw me near to you, draw near to me. Let me enjoy the union that you've given to me with you. Um, let me walk in that union. Give me faith in that. Yeah. Because so much, you know, distracts a, us uh, or hurts us or whatever else. It co- puts a complete countenance in your life and upon your face even. So when you do walk into a store or walk, go to Walmart where there's a lot of people, there's something different in our life as Christians because we have that close relationship walk with him. And we're actually uh, trying to look for opportunities to bring glory to his name. Yeah. That's, that's the way we should walk through Walmart. Yeah. Or anywhere as we go through life. Absolutely. Well, this is a, a glorious thing, I think, to meditate on and think upon and look up scriptures on and see um, all the references about us being bound up in the Lord right. and to think about who Jesus is and who we are and the fact that God would graciously unite us to his son like that. And what does that mean? Uh, back to John 17, Jesus um, alludes to the father loving us just like he loves his son, Jesus. Yes. That's part of our union with Christ. I mean, all that we have comes because we've been tied to the Lord and he right he's right. the one who tied us to him and so I think meditating on that is good for the Christian yeah it even helps us as we pray as we go to the Lord and uh, enter his presence and clothed in the righteousness of his son uh, he invites us in and we have close relationship with even uh, the father yeah we are adopted into we're his family now And that helps bind us to the church. I mean, we're bound to each other because we're bound to the Lord. We all share a common union with Christ, and that creates a common union with us. 
uh, it just really touches every area of Christian living. Yeah, it actually does, yeah. We had a small group last night, and it, it was great, you know, just being with other believers, uh, talking about the the church and talking about our love for Christ. Yeah. Well, as always, we would love to hear from you, uh, maybe hear how this subject has encouraged you. Maybe you've never heard of this subject and you want more uh, information. We'd still love to hear from you. You can contact us at doctrinedoxology.com and also through that website. Uh, find all of our social media connection points and other things. Uh, we'd love for you to check out that website. I'm, I'm done. You're done. That was my speech. That was it. Well, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we do come to you uh, thanking you for the privilege of even being in your presence, knowing we're here because of Christ and, be- and because of his shed blood on the cross. We have now a relationship with you as sons and daughters. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. Thank you that we can walk through this life, uh, being filled with the Spirit, walking with Christ. And may we always... Uh, point others to you as we go through life sharing your great love and the gospel and we ask this in jesus name amen